0: الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين ناصر المستضعفين وقاهر المستكبرين يا رب لك الحمد كما ينبغي لجلال وجهك ولعظيم سلطانك وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله شهادة قول وشهادة عمل وهو الذي في السماء رب وإله يعبد ويطاع وفي الأرض رب وإله يعبد ويطاع وَأَشْهَدُ أَنَّ سَيِّدَنَا وَنَبِيَّنَا وَرَسُولَنَا وَهَادِيَنَا مُحَمَّدًا صَلَّ اللّٰهُ عَلَيْهِ وَآلِهِ وَسَلَّمْ عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ جَاهَدَ فِي اللّٰهِ حَقَّ جِهَادِهِ مُحَمَّدٌ رَسُولُ اللّٰهِ والذين معه الشداء على الكفار رحماء بينهم من يطع الله ورسوله واولي الامر من المؤمنين فلا يضل ابدا ومن يعص الله ورسوله واولي الامر من المؤمنين فَلَا يهدا أَبَدًا اللَّهُمَّ اجْعَلْنَا مِنَ الَّذِينَ يَسْتَمِعُونَ الْقَوْلِ فَيَتَّبِعُونَ أَحْسَنَهُ أَمَّا بَعْدْ Dear committed Brothers and sisters This day The last Friday in the month of Ramadan is the International Day of Al-Quds On this day the willpower the determination of the Muslims should be at its peak after about four weeks of fasting. So we should remind ourselves, the least we can do, remind ourselves there are other people who are going through tears and blood and sweat. And many of us live in a comfortable environment. The least we can do is stimulate our mind. The least. Al Quds is a city that has its Islamic or it has its prophetic history. Different peoples lived in al-quds and in the surrounding areas for Millennia thousands of years At times they were Pagan at other times they were scriptural and the history of the world had it that many superpowers came in and out of Al Quds and its corresponding areas. At one time, it was the Egyptians when they were a superpower. At another time, it was the Persians when they were a superpower. Another time, it was the Byzantines or the Romans when they were a superpower. Then eventually, the cumulative effect of scripture and prophethood culminated. In the advent of the last Prophet of Allah, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him and his. And the Muslims began a liberation movement. And that liberation movement, northwards, north of Mecca and Al-Madina, that liberation movement went in a northern direction until it reached Al-Quds and Al-Quds was liberated from the Byzantines and now the Muslims became the predominant, remember the population that was living there was as we understand it predominantly Christian And no one was forcing any Christian to become a Muslim. But the population eventually became a Muslim population. So Al-Quds became a Muslim city. And Palestine became a Muslim land. As did other areas in that very general region. No one was forcing anyone else to change their religion or to become Muslims by the force of the sword. That is absolute anti-Islamic propaganda. And then after that, we had different dynasties. There was the Umawi dynasty, there was the Abbasid dynasty There was the Mamluki dynasty The Mamelik, The Mamluks, the English word for it Were the rulers who were in Egypt And then we had the Ottomans All of these were a type of uh, family rule That were administrating Al-Quds What happened at the outbreak of the first world war al-Quds changed hands it went from a city that belonged to Muslims to a city that was colonized by the British (laughs) and the British worked through different channels they called it the mandate they, call, they, they wanted to avoid the word colonialism, they, so they called it the mandate. Just like today, the Zionists control that piece of land, that country. They don't call it colonialism, they call it occupation. And we Muslims still have not, at least in the, the choice of our words we still are not accurate in describing our enemies whether they were the British colonialists or whether they are the Zionist colonialists. So the British became the administrators of Al-Quds and Palestine and from there they began to set the scene for the Jewish Population of the world to make its way to Palestine. And they began coming. The ayah in Surah Al Isra, Faida Jawadul Akhirati, Jitna Bikum Lafifa. And when the last promise comes through. We will, we meaning Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will bring you, meaning Bani Israel, Lafifa. We will bring you from every direction to that land, for either Lafifa, and that's where many of them now are settled. They are living as colonizers in the holy land so what did they do they stole a country you know the some of these let's call them premature speakers lecturers academics even Islamic scholars Some of them, they look at the penalty for someone who steals something. In Saudi Arabia, someone steals a petty thing. It could be a suitcase. Or it could be uh, bags of clothes or something like that. Belonging to someone. And they say, you're a thief. And we have to chop off your head. Look. Look at how how our understanding of our own laws Have victimized our own selves Our understanding has victimized our own selves But someone Some people who steal a country Oh How does that fit Is there any Islamic law That speaks of If If stealing something trivial, they apply al-had, the Islamic legal penalty. If they apply the had and amputate the hand, and they do this in Saudi Arabia. Because a person, a Bangladeshi, a Nigerian, uh, someone from Southeast Asia, or someone from Africa. When they steal something, we have to apply Islamic law. And the poor person, they they cut off his hand. How about some, some individuals who stole, a, and not any country, not any land. They stole the holy land. They stole al-Quds. They stole al-Masjid al-Aqsa, our first qibla. What's the penalty for that? Ask them. Can't they expand their legal mind to understand there is a consequence If there's a consequence for stealing something that is minimal, obviously there should be a consequence, a more serious consequence, for stealing something that is maximum, which is what is happening. So they stole the land and they continue to... Thieves, political thieves, military criminals now are in charge of the holy land when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he speaks about this whole issue and we've covered this territory in previous khutbas most of this subject is in the first several ayat of surah bani israel the Surah of Bani Israel, Surah Al-Isra, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Subhan al asra bi'abdihi layla min al-masjid al-harami ila al-masjid al-aqsa bārakna hawla l min ayatina إنه هو السميع البصير. I'm just going to stop at this ayah. The ayat go on. واتينا موسى الكتاب، وقضينا إلى بني إسرائيل، فإذا جاء وعد الآخرة، etc. These are the ayat that follow. And if I was going to open up the meanings of these ayat, we're going to be here for quite a long time. So let us. Concentrate our minds on the first ayah. Subhan Levi Asra Layla. That's the first sentence in the ayah. SubhanA Levi Asra Layla. Now, this word Subhan, not all of us use it, we're familiar with it. You know what it is. You say, many people say Subhanallah. We say it frequently. It's one of the most repetitive. Phrases on a Muslim tongue, subhanallah. But has anyone placed these words in their minds, not on their tongues, placed them in their mind? Allah's beginning, remember, what is to, the ayat that are to follow are focused on the criminality of, Bani, of the politicians of Bani Israel. Focused on them. Before we get to, to them, Allah says Subhan. Subhanalvi Asarabi Abd. The English words that we use for subhan is exalted or extolled or praised, depending on the translation that you go to and similar synonyms. Subhana let me tell you and if even if you go from this khutbah with absorbing the meaning of this word you have accomplished a step forward we have accomplished a step forward subhan means allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is above is higher is more distinguished In what sense? In his own self. fi ذاته In his own being. And his being is not like us. When we speak about Allah, we can't equate him to anything that we are familiar with. So when we say Subhan, we are elevating Allah in his being way beyond us. We are also elevating Allah in His attributes. When Allah says He is Al Basir, Al Hakim, Al Khabir, Al Khafid, Al rah all of these attributes that He explains Himself to us, He is way above anything we can understand. Even though He, out of His mercy and out of His care for us, he revealed to us descriptions of Him, Jalla wa But He wants us to know by saying, by us saying Subhanallah, that we acknowledge His elevated status in His own self, in His descriptions, and in what He does. Fi thatihi. Fi Afalihi في صفاته Fi ذاته في صفاته Fi أفعاله So Allah is beginning this whole narrative about Bani Israel by wanting us to be conscious of Allah's exalted, elevated status. الَّذِي asra بِعَبْدِهِ he who designated his subject a sir on a night journey Subhanal ladhi asra bi 'abdihi layla Remember this event took place after the prophet spent more than 10 years in what we all of us human beings who are void of Islamic commitment or practical Islamic commitment would say that he was failing in Mecca the prophet was failing The Prophet felt, والسلام, He felt that he needed some type of breakthrough, so he went to a taif. Maybe people in a taif would help him. Maybe they would respond and understand him. But no, he was treated. In a very offensive way. Even some youngsters, some children began to throw stones at him. Remember, this is Allah's Prophet. But, and so you have to remember that this development, Al Isra' and Al Mi'raj, came in or after all of these years of what human language would say was human frustration and it came to speak of us to us and to all people until the end of time about al-Masjid al-Haram and al-Masjid al-Aqsa Subhan alladhi asra bi'abdihi layla min al-Masjid al-Haram ila al-Masjid al-Aqsa barakna the environs of which we have blessed The environs around Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa that we have blessed So that we can show him of our, uh, our demonstrations Our illustrations of power and authority إِنَّهُ هُوَ السَّمِيعُ البصير Brothers and sisters, saying Subhana, and even understanding it with your mind is one thing. But being certain about it is another thing. You can certainly understand. But that doesn't mean that what is going to follow is a conviction in reality. And that's where we are Muslims in this stretch of time are in a phase in which they are trying to understand but they have not reached the development of putting their understanding into real life there's a difference between knowledge and practical certainty we, some of us have the knowledge you go to masajid you go to Islamic centers you listen to speakers and scholars etc and they'll give you knowledge but who is giving you a program that comes from that knowledge something practical to do Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here is focusing our attention on this practical Development that we have that is like a cancer This colonization of the holy land is like a cancer in our lives in our societies in our Rulers etc now when Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala began this surah saying subhana and hopefully we can take this mental understanding and make it a a palpable understanding He ends Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala ends the surah by saying wa qul alhamdulillahilladhi lam yattakhid walada and say appreciation is due to Allah who has not assigned to himself a child وَلَمْ يَكُنْ لَهُ شَرِيكٌ فِي الْمُلْكِ and he never had an associate in, his, in running his dominion and he never had a primary supporter made out of humiliation. This is in reference to all human beings and to all idols. And then the last words in this surah remember the first word was Subhana, the last word was Wakab. Birhu Takbira And magnify him, amplify him. The problem with us is, no, no, there are other considerations that we have that are more important than Allah. We haven't learned the lesson that right now is looking us in the face and outlined for us in Surah al Isra between the two words subhan and Kabirhu takbira we only have those who are now and have been in the past 40 years providing year after year sacrifice after sacrifice providing not only their own population not only the Palestinians, not only the Arabs, not only the oppressed people, but all of humanity, all of them, teaching all of them a lesson. How long is it going to take for this lesson to sink in? Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. This is not something that we should be worried about. If all of us are doing what we should be doing, doing, not speaking, doing what we should be doing, the results are in Allah's hands. Ta'ala wa jalla sha'nuhu. It's in his hands, not in my hands. I do whatever is within my capacity on a sirat, on a direction. Towards him. That's what I'm supposed to do. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what we all are supposed to do. subhanal Levi Asara bi Abdihi Laila Minal Masjidil Harami Il al Masjidil Akasa and Levi Barakna Haula Linuria Hu min ayatina innahu who a semi basir One additional comment in this first khutbah, we have some individuals who are in decision-making positions in the community, in the society, in government, etc. They say, we should plan our Islamic programs in a certain way, and then they tell you we'll set up certain organizations and certain associations and certain pressure groups and certain lobbies will do this tell them wait a minute here let's let's think about what Allah and his prophet said and did was there any lobby did the prophet ever think about having any lobby in the superpowers of his day anyone hear about anything like that and then they tell you well the jews have done it and they are succeeding yes the jews have that's right that sentence is right the jews have done it and they are succeeding but our psychology is not a Yehudi psychology we are different we report to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we don't report to our nafs, we don't report to our lower selves, we don't report to a materialistic world and its priorities, we report to Allah, Jalla Ala. Remember, just... In your mind, in your heart. Remember some of these ayat that Allah speaks about many Israel is speak about us like that, even though some of us are becoming Zionists. But that if if this sum out of two billion Muslims in the world, what are we talking about? Let's let's inflate the number to the extreme. One million. Out of one million, out of two billion, there is one million who are Zionist Muslims. We're gonna do we're gonna we're gonna scratch out we're gonna cancel all the rest of the Muslims because of these even though they are in positions of power authority finances they call the shots so to speak <laughs> but we don't have that psychology Yahud Bani Israel in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says لُعِنَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا مِنْ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ Condemned are the deniers of Allah's power and authority from the children of Israel. Allah condemns them عَلَى لِسَانِ In the ayah لُعِنَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا مِنْ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ عَلَى لِسَانِ دَاوُودَ وَعِيسَ بْنِ مَرْيَمَ These are two of Allah's distinguished prophets who condemned Bani, the, the Kafirs of Bani Israel. Why? ذلك, the ayah tells you, عصر, That's due to the fact that they disobeyed. We don't disobey Allah. If you want to have your lobby like them, go ahead, disobey Allah. And then participate in that materialistic, worldly race with them. ذَٰلِكَ بِمَا عَصَوْا وَكَانُوا يَعْتَدُونَ And because of the fact that they were always aggressive, always prone to picking a fight. And we see it now. Their historical psychology now has materialized In the Holy Land. We said it before, we say it again. Their militarism is the optimum maturity of their materialism. You begin on a materialistic course, and then you're going to wind up thinking that your salvation is your power, your military, your atomic bomb. That's how they think. And this psychology goes back to when they were with Musa. He told them, Okay, now Allah tells you, Go into the Holy Land. They said, No, we're not going to go into the Holy Land. There's a superpower in there. You see? The superpower was more important to them than Allah. Even though Allah is guiding them and telling them what to do. Just like He's guiding us and telling us what to do. And how do some of us behave? Especially those of us who are in positions of power, decision makers, officials. How do they behave? They say, Oh, we want to procure more arms. We, and that's what they're doing. They're spending all of this money. All of, they're depleting all of these resor- resources on buying weaponry from the Euro-American. And you can add to it now, Israeli mil- industrial military complex. That's what's going on in the real world. And where are we? Lo, those who disbelieved the Children of Israel, on the tongue of David and Jesus son of because they They would never make an, a joint effort to abolish any munkar among themselves. A joint at يتناهون. It's not Yenhaun. Kanu la That means they were not mutually and reciprocally cooperating with each other to undo the munkar. Which they were guilty of because they did it. Faalu. kanu yafalu. And what an awful thing that they used to do. wa Subhanahu wa wa rahim Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Lahulhamdu ala It's not easy when you think of the conditions that the Palestinians are in and other peoples of the world who are like Palestinians. When you think about them, it's really Somewhat challenging To say alhamdulillah But any Involved Muslim knows that His he doesn't have a broken or she doesn't have a broken psychology We can say alhamdulillah even if we know that we are oppressed When we are victims, we still say Alhamdulillah. The first thing we say when we begin our Salah is what? Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. We say this when we are bleeding. You, you and I, physically at this moment, we're not bleeding. But if we look at our larger body in the world, it's bleeding. It is in pain. And we still say, Alhamdulillah. Today, there were protests, marches, and demonstrations all over the world to publicize the importance and the significance and the relevance of al-Quds to us. The Muslims have been blessed with a leadership that has stayed the course I don't know, and I've never wanted to get involved in any way or the other in the internal affairs of the Islamic Republic of Iran. And I've said this numerous times. I disqualify myself from the internal affairs of that country for a simple reason. It's very simple. I don't know the language. And I don't want... To pass judgment or evaluate a people or a population when I don't know their what am I gonna what am I going to read the American or the English press to tell you this is what's happening in the Islamic Republic? Or the Arab press, these are the two languages that I'm proficient in. Read the Arabic press and then tell you what's happening in Islamic Iran? I can't do that. Anyone with a sound conscience will do that but from the general understanding these people are having their difficulties for the past 40 years since they shut they they shuttered the doors of the israeli embassy in Tehran, and they told the palestinians come this is yours and then there were wars against them we lived through that eight grinding years of war and there were shuhada there were martyrs in the hundreds of thousands on both sides of the war that war cost costed hundreds Only Allah knows what the final count it could have been a trillion dollars that war cost. It set back the populations of Iraq and Iran probably a couple of generations. I'm talking about when the war was on. And you you would think that mashallah after all of this and seeing that there's not much significant support that comes from those who should know better, they still, with all of these odds, they are still carrying the flag to liberate the colonized Holy Land. In this 80-plus million people, of course, there are those who are Muslims by name. They exist. We we can't you know just say oh no everyone there is an angel. No, that's not the case. And we saw eruptions, especially in the year 2009. That green movement, that was an erupt a major eruption of this psychology and mentality that exists don't tell me it doesn't exist and you think they they've they've gone away they don't exist anymore they're around they're probably now working as hard as they were working before and even harder to get to their goal and this is not happening in a vacuum Look at the United States. It's imposing all types of the strictest sanctions that any human society has endured by their own confession. And still, the Spirit is there. There's another, if I'm to be honest with you, and may Allah help us to be honest, to ourselves even though some of us are not brotherly honest we've been here for the past 40 years we know ourselves I don't harbor any secrets some people do some individuals do who used to be here in Jumu'ah prayers with us many years ago they no longer come uh, they have their own excuses. They're not short on excuses. But there is a danger inside of the Islamic Republic of Iran. Some people say, why are you saying this on the day of Al-Quds? Because it's not an insignificant danger. It is a significant danger. And that those are the people who want... Because the first line of defense of the Islamic orientation in Iran is the larger Muslim world around it. That's its first line of defense. The United States and Israel are not attacking Iran because they don't know what the consequences are going to be. The immediate consequence from the immediate victims in the Islamic Republic and then a domino effect that will take place in the other Muslim territories of the world they factor all of that in so there is a strain of significant individuals who have their houses who have their schools educational systems they even have some media in which they want to create friction between Shia's and Sunnis this is a danger I say this here because I want to unload the weight that is on my conscience. I want you to understand there is a danger. And if this continues, it's been going on. It's been going on behind the scenes and, and some Shi'i Islamic scholars were the first targets of this danger in Lebanon, in Iraq, in Iran itself. Persia was at war with Byzantium, with the Romans, for 700 years or so. This was before Islam. Or it ended at the beginning of Islam. The ayah in the Quran. Wa hum min ba'di bid'i sini. That indicates the, the, the finale of that conflict. If those who are in Iran, if they want to return to the clash, the historical epic clash between the empire of Persia and the Roman Empire without an Islamic element, they're free to do that. But don't say that we are endorsing anything like that and let them know they will be losing in this battle. The curse, uh, this is concerning the other side. We just spoke about the Shi'i side. Now we go to the Sunni side. The Sunni side cannot come to terms with the fact that they have to acknowledge that the Islamic revolution and the Islamic leadership in Iran is an authentic, genuine, bonafide revolution and leadership they can't do that why can't they do that because they still care i'm sorry i'm going to use a, a loaded word for some of these sunnis because especially the rulers there because they still carry the curse of muawiyah that's the problem they they've had all of these centuries to get rid of it and they still have not done it and therefore, you can see in today's world, look at, look at reality. The regimes that rule in Muslim countries, these are the neo-Umawis. Not the neo Khulafa. you sectarian Shiais. These are the neo-Umawis. But the people, the Muslim people themselves, are they on board? The popularity in Muslim countries now, the public sentiment is strongly in support of the Palestinian issue. And they know that the only country in the world that on principle and with commitment that is supportive of the oppressed Palestinians is the Islamic Republic and its leadership. So now public opinion is swinging away from the neo-Umawis, the Saudis, the Emiratis, I'm talking about the rulers here, I'm not talking about the people, the Egyptian rulers. And now they are embarking on a full sellout. These neo-Umawis, these Contemporary Muawiyahs and Yazids. They are embarking on a major all out sellout of the palace of Palestine itself. People and land. They're gonna have in this coming this coming month, in June, they're gonna have a conference in Bahrain. this king of Saudi Arabia called for three conferences in Mecca a gulf conference with uh, the nation states on the gulf and then an Arab conference which was attended by less than half of the heads of state of Arab countries the other countries were represented by lesser officials, and then Syria was not present. And then today they're supposed to have a conference of the Organization of Islamic Cooperation, the OIC, today in Mecca. And they said that they uh, they restricted movement around the Kaaba in these past couple of days to make it possible for the officials the heads of state who are attending these conferences to perform their umrah discrimination segregation in the hajj in the umrah now you can see it in front of your own eyes so they are busy. what are they why didn't they call when when this president in the White House, when he said, Jerusalem is the capital of Israel, why didn't they call a summit an emergency summit meeting in Mecca to discuss what was said and done, when this president here in Washington says you, it says to the Israelis, "You can have the Golan Heights. Why didn't they call a summit meeting to discuss? No. They, they are at the beck and call of their masters in Tel Aviv and in Washington and London. That's who they, to them, they don't know Subhanallah, they don't know what that means. They don't know what it means. Forget about what its, it's practical translation is. They don't know what it means. وَكَبِّرْهُ The end of surah, they don't even know how to do that. Who are we going to magnify and amplify? It's the those who have the weapons. Those who have weapons of mass destruction. That's what they want to do. And we're cheap. They, they are cheap. They want to sell Palestine. The numbers that are floating around in the media is between 70 and 100 billion dollars. That's the price to sell Palestine. They want to wipe off the debts of Jordan, Egypt, Lebanon. Egypt has $200 billion in debt. Oh, we'll write that off. Just agree. Come and sign on the dotted line. Jordan has a debt of over $40 billion. Do the same thing. Lebanon has $100 billion. Do the same thing. All of you. And then at the end... What will happen? This is th- These are their plans. But Alhamdulillah, we have a generation that has broken out of this materialistic mentality and it's on its way to Al-Quds. It's on its way there. In spite of the internal dangers and threat and confronting the external dangers and threats they're on their way and at least we can be with them in our souls and in our hearts wadhālika aḍʿafu al-īmān that's the least expression of divine commitment allāhumma arina al-ḥaqqa ḥaqqan warzuqnā ittibāʿahu warina al-bāṭila bāṭilan warzuqnā ijtinābah wa lā tajʿalhum multabisan ʿalaynā وجعلنا للمتقين إماما اللهم إليك نشكو ضعف قوتنا وقلة حيلتنا وهوانا على الناس يا أرحم الراحمين أنت ربنا وأنت رب المستضعفين فإلى من تكلنا إلى غريب يتجهمنا أَمْ إِلَىٰ عَدُوٍ مَلَّكْتَهُ أَمْرَنَا إِنْ لَمْ يَكُمْ بِكَ عَلَيْنَا غَضَبٌ فَلَا نُبَالِي وَلَكِنَّ عَافِيَتَكَ هِيَ أَوْسَعُ لَنَا نعوذ بنور وجهك الذي أشرقت له الظلمات وصلح عليه أمر الدنيا والآخرة من أن تنزل بنا غضبك أو تحل علينا صختك لك العتبى حتى ترضى ولا حول ولا قُوَّةَ الا بك ان الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا ايها الذين امنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وآل محمد وبارك على محمد وآل محمد وصلي على ابراهيم وآل ابراهيم وبارك على إبراهيم وآل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر ومن اظلم ممن منع مساجد الله ان يذكر فيها اسمه وسعى في خرابها اولئك ما كان لهم ان يدخلوها الا خائفين لهم في الدنيا خزي ولهم في الاخره عذاب عظيم ان الله يامر بالعدل والاحسان وايتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون وأقم الصلاة بسم ان لا اله الله